Parshas Balak, we find where Bilam was hired to curse the Jewish people. And Balak sends a delegation to pick him up. Bilam asks permission from Hashem and initially he is told, You may not go with them. However, later on when he asks again, he is told, Hashem lets Bilam go with Balak's people. However, Hashem blocks Bilam's path multiple times. The Pasik says, And a heavenly angel stationed himself on the road, to block his donkey, in order to prevent Bilam from reaching his destination. This happened three times, and every time the donkey had to veer off the road. And each time, Bilam beat the donkey, because he did not see the Malach, and he couldn't understand why the donkey did not continue traveling on the road. When reading this story, we get the impression that this was an evil angel seeking to impede his progress, delaying his journey. However, Rashi says just the opposite. This was an angel of compassion that tried to prevent Bilam from traveling to Moyav for the sinful purpose of cursing Klal Yisrael. Rashi, whose acronym is Rabban Shel Yisrael, is teaching us a deep fundamental lesson. So often in life, our path is obstructed. A door closes. A great opportunity slips away. A promising shidduch does not work out. The company decides to promote your rival. The house is sold to a higher bidder. We try to get ahead in life, but our path is blocked. We can't go where we want to. At first, it seems that this is the satan getting in the way, sabotaging our efforts and ruining our lives. But we must believe that this is in fact the angel of mercy. Closing a door because it is not the one we should be going through. Blocking our path because there is a far better path that we need to follow. A bigger house, a more appropriate shidduch, a better business opportunity waiting for us just up the road. Hashem is the ultimate GPS, guiding us to the destination where we need to go. Sometimes, as in Bilam's case, we start heading in the wrong direction. And Hashem reroutes us by blocking our path. Whenever we experience disappointment, when an opportunity that looked perfect fails to materialize, we need to believe that this is the Malach Shal Rachman, mercifully blocking our path in order to steer us in the direction that we need to go. In the Sefer Amuna Betachen, the Chazat Nish explains that most people misunderstand the true definition of Betachen. He says, Betachen does not mean having confidence that all things that happen will all turn out to be good in the way that I'm hoping they would. If a person needs to go through a procedure and they say, I have Betachen that will all turn out to be alright, they are misusing the term Betachen. That is not what it means. True betachen means that I have full confidence that what is going to happen to me is ultimately what is best for me. Now, I might think that best for me is that the surgery should be successful, or that I land a job, or the boy says yes, or that my daughter gets into the school that I want. However, maybe that is not what Hashem has in mind. Betachen means that whatever the decree is, I accept it. Because even though I may not understand it, and I may not like it, but I have confidence that that is ultimately for my good. That, says the Chazanish, is genuine betachen.
The story is told about a man who was going through a very difficult time in his life. He was impoverished, he had a child who was struggling, and it was affecting his physical health. So his wife suggested that he pay a visit to the great Makubal, Reb Shalom Shurabi, known as the Rishash. So he sets out on this long journey to Yemen. Finally, he arrives late at night, and he walks into the Tzaddik's home, and there's a line as long as the eye can see to speak to the rabbi. They tell him, take a seat and we'll call you when it's your turn. So he sits down and a few minutes later he falls asleep. And he has an unbelievable dream. He's in heaven in front of the Bezden Shamala and he's on trial for his eternal life. And prosecuting angels are bringing sacks and sacks of all of his averas that he did throughout his lifetime. And they put it on one side of the scale. And the situation looks pretty bleak. He's thinking to himself, there's no way I have an equal amount of mitzvahs to offset all of these sins. And finally, after a few minutes, they start bringing his mitzvahs. And it starts weighing down the Averas. But there's still a long way to go. Then he sees they are bringing more sacks. And they tell him, these are all the Yisurim that you suffered throughout your lifetime. And they pile it on top of the sacks of the mitzvahs. And as they're heaping it on, it almost balances out his sins. But the Averas is still a little bit heavier. And he starts to scream, Bring more suffering! Can't you find one more bag of Yisurim? And then he wakes up in a cold sweat. And just then, the Gabba comes over to him, and he tells him, It's your turn to see the Rabbi. And he tells the Gabba, I got my answer already. I don't need to see him anymore. We don't always get to see how what we perceive as suffering is actually beneficial for us. But ultimately, we have betachen that whatever happens to us is always for our benefit. And now we know. Have a wonderful Shabbos.